Hello? It's happening. Three attacks so far. Do you have a gun? I'm Sydney Prescott. Of course I have a gun. Something about this one just feels different. Samantha? I'm... I know who you are. I've been through this. A lot. This is your life now, which means that whoever this is is gonna keep coming for you. You ready? For this? Never. There's certain rules to surviving. The attacks were all on people related to the original killers. Whatever his link is to our past, it's pulled us all back here. And I won't sleep until he's in the ground. Welcome to Pillar Casting. This is Lisa Zimbetti. I'm the casting director. And with me today is the lovely, talented, she's got an amazing singing voice, by the way, <laughs> my friend and partner in watching the movie that we just saw, <laughs> Ashley Arpel Greenwald. So Ashley and I are in downtown Los Angeles at a beautiful Marriott Hotel Bar, <laughs> and we have just gone to see in person, this is the first movie I've seen in a while, in person, the new Scream movie. Ashley's the perfect person to accompany me because she's seen all of the Scream movies. I've only seen the first two. And so she kind of filled me in on, you know, what had happened in the interim to Sydney Prescott and all. And we're going to try to not spoil this movie, but I definitely wanted to get Ashley's take. It's going to be really um, hard not to spoil it. I know. I'm just being honest. I know. Guys, we may like, not be able, we may have to give a, a warning before we do. So I'm looking at, at a casting point of view and I'm really excited because I want to try to get Lisa Beach who cast the original movie and, you know, really discovered and put on the map Nev Campbell and Skeet Ulrich and Matthew Lillard and so many others. And I think that it'd be wonderful to understand what that process was. But here we are in 2022 with a brand new cast of, of really great mm -hmm. actors. I, I was so happy to see. I mean, who doesn't like Jack Quaid? I mean, that's just not, not possible not He's to adorable. like him. He's adorable. He's adorable. I love him on The Boys. Um, and just so many, and some new discoveries that I had never known before. And then, of course, we have some old favorites. And I want to talk about those scenes with the, the legacy cast coming back to do this, this uh, movie. So what's your first hit off the movie, Ashley? What was your reaction? In one word, I would say epic. It's, I, I'm not kidding. It was epic. If you're... It, if you love horror movies, you're going to love this. If you don't love horror movies, but you can sit through them because you're not too afraid, unlike my fiancé who's terrified of them, you'll still love it because it's so... It, every scene... There was not... I don't think there was one scene where I was remotely bored or looked away. Mm -hmm. Like, it was epic. If you're also a huge, huge fan 
of Scream in general, like the first four movies, I really, I hate to say this, but movies one and four, two and three, okay. This movie was better than two through four. Now, which one had Leave Schreiber? He was in, well, he was in the first one on the TV okay. being escorted by the police right. because he was supposedly the killer who killed Sydney's mom. But he was in three. He was in three. And okay. He, and yeah. with Patrick Dempsey. Oh my gosh, he wasn't it. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, oh, so then I did see three and I really love that cast. And the mom I love, from uh, Gossip Girl. Laurie Metcalf was in that one. Yeah. Oh, she's the mom. Anyway, um, so I did see three and I thought that cast was fantastic. But so. Wait, so you saw the one with, with Sydney's like half brother where they go to Hollywood and, and Courtney Cox has the bangs. I must have, but I, I'm not like you. It really hasn't stuck with me. <laughs> Sorry. I really watched them. I just the remember Liev Schreiber had a really amazing sweater in he did. He had like a like a fisherman cable. <laughs> he did. He did. Oh my As God. Uh, my listeners from my other podcasts know that I'm very obsessed with wardrobe and wallpaper. <laughs> so anyway. Um, so you think it's a great movie for Scream fans. Absolutely. They talk about the rules nonstop, which as you know, those are brought up in every single movie except in movie four when they brought it up they sort of rearranged the rules i know you didn't you didn't see four right Mm -mm. they kept coming back to the rules because they were set they they kept trying to break them Mm -hmm. and um but they were telling the audience hey we're breaking the rules right now like they literally would tell us and it was it was so comical and i felt like at that time they really did a good job with it i loved scream four this one, the rules were still there, and yet they were thrown out the window, but they were still so poignant. Like, I can't even, I can't even word it. Also, I will say, the kills in this one are way more graphic. Yeah, the view really feel I mean, the, the sounds, violence. The sounds they use, and yeah. like, it's not... It's not just knives in this one. There's a lot more happening. Um, like, a lot... Uh, just... And the hand thing, like, that... I think the hardest scene for me in this one was um, the little sister in the hospital mm-hmm. with the wheelchair. Yeah, it's weird that even though I've cast so many very violent episodes, it's mm-hmm. really hard for me to watch. It is really hard for me to, to watch women, uh, you know, being victimized. But then there are also a lot of strong women who, you know, fight back and get the upper hand in I, a lot of scenes. I love Scream because of that, because Sydney Prescott has really, like, I mean, she has been brutally attacked virtually her entire life, starting from, what, 16? So Mm -hmm. she has come back bigger, harder, and stronger in every single film. And this one, I'm I'm just saying, this one is absolutely no different. Still, still, wait, I can curse on this one. Yeah, yeah. Just talk louder. Still fucking beautiful. Oh, yeah. She is Insane. She is, yeah. You know, she was in the craft, and I want to know if she's still using that magic because I would, I'll use it. I'll do it. One thing I really appreciated was the legacy characters who came back. I got to mm-hmm. shout out David Arquette. Oh my god! So he's got a lot of scenes with some of the new characters, mm-hmm. and he's just so good. I mean, he's still he's, a puppy dog. He is, but he's just so authentic and earnest, and you just feel every creak in his bones and mm-hmm. every mile that he's traveled and every scar on mm-hmm. his body. And it's just not at all campy, mm-hmm. which I really loved. He just plays it just really honestly and earnestly. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like, oh, I would just love to see him so much more. He's just wonderful. And then when you see him in, in you know, scenes with some of the legacy characters, they, they're my favorite yeah. scenes in some ways. And some, although I do have to say that some of the camp 
got on my nerves a little bit because the, the movie kind of moves across the threshold of making you want to care about these characters, but then also camping it up and and wink, wink, you know, a big wink about, you know, the self-consciousness of, yeah. of what, what's happening See, in the plot. The self-consciousness part, I didn't, I, I know what you're referring to mm-hmm. without giving too much away. I did, I strongly didn't like it. It's not, yeah. it didn't even just piss me off a little. The first time it happened, I thought, that's cute. That's adorable. Look at that. That's a fun little thing in this epic horror movie. But then when it happened the fourth time, it really angered me. And then in the end, when they put it back, like, with a literal wink, it was a literal wink. That really angered me because then now we're going into something a little more farcical. And that's not the whole point of Scream is that it's like this altered, weird reality. And then now it just turned into this, like, you're right. It does get kind of cartoonish. And, I, and, I, and I, I I really don't appreciate that. When they, and they talk about the audience in the movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that they did that to the audience. Well, for me, it's like sometimes you're supposed to take these injuries that people suffer seriously. And sometimes it's just not realistic that mm-hmm. some people are surviving injuries that are, that other people died from. Right, so, right. so like there's an inconsistency mm-hmm. in that fatality and what we should be worried about and what we shouldn't be worried about. You know, what was the really odd for me was that the first stab of the movie is usually, and, and it lived up to it, a teenager at home alone, her mother, we were told that she was in England, stuck in England at a conference. But if your daughter is brutally attacked, yeah. it's it's I don't where they they're in they're in they're in somewhere in California. That is a how long of a flight? Nine hour, ten hour flight from yeah, here. So you're yeah. gonna get back if your daughter is stabbed. Well, that's the thing. That she never I, came back, guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's kind of the thing I was waiting for. I was because of I don't know just the way that the. The movie is. I was waiting for her to come like crashing through the door, and it's like mom's here and she saves the day. And like an awesome cameo. And an awesome cameo. So that's what I was hoping for because, yeah, it, it is like, wait a minute, how many days have gone by and this mother is still not right. there and there's no picture of them? I mean, I really felt the absence of that character. And it would be great to have somebody from the original movie mm-hmm. who, because they make such a big deal out of, of, the, mom. Out of the mom and, and, the secrets behind her and the, the secret identity of some of the kids that you really expect to be like, okay, who, who was that? It would be great to go back to the original film and find a peripheral mm-hmm. character, right. you know, who maybe now is like a big star who knows, I can't remember, but, um, it would be great if they brought back some people from someone from like not brought back but brought in someone from Scary Movie. You know how they 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 were the first ones to like make fun of oh, this. Really? That no, would have been Oh my god, Scary Movie's awesome and if they like brought someone in from that, that would have been epic. What else can I say about this? So the plot has got so many holes in it. So there is a, a classic scene in a hospital where, you know, a character is in the hospital and they all of a sudden, you know, the lights go out and they're in jeopardy. And it's like, where is the hospital staff? And in the very next scene, you're also in the hospital and it's like flooded with people. Right. So, like, there's just things like that that I just couldn't ignore. You know, I couldn't go along yeah. with. That's where it that just gets That was a lot like, of the fourth movie, too. Because in the fourth movie, Allison Brie is attacked in a in the parking lot, in like the car park of a hospital. I don't know if it, car, parking lots of hospitals are usually <laughs> jam packed yeah, 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 yeah. with human beings and cars. And 
everybody happened to be downstairs when her body was thrown like off of it. But mm-hmm. it was it was it was tough. But once we put ourselves in that that reality of that, uh, like, oh no, they would definitely be caught. No, that would never happen. Like, it's hard for me to say that because I live in these movies. Like, I I think like, okay, if there's a killer in my house. I know I'm not going upstairs. Like, I always put myself right. in the reality, but then when I watch these movies, I'm like, a real person wouldn't do that. Yeah, and they, but they call that out in the movie, too. Like, yeah. oh, wait, you're going you're going down the basement? Wait, don't do that, because mm-hmm. there's, you know. And there was another scene where there's somebody who is injured on broad daylight on their front porch, and it's like, what, no neighbor sees this happen? Right. And there's a long time before the next... Thing happens and it's just not. Also, I I I do want to point out that like when Ghostface calls, because in the first one I think they ta- they talked about how like when one killer is at the house attempting to kill, the other one is the one making the call. Mm-hmm. But they didn't address that here, so. I beg the question that like, how do you not hear the people? Like, how do you not hear the killer behind you? Because they don't say who's calling when. Like in the first one, they made it known like, oh, when you were here, like when you called the cops, uh, you know, Stu was there. At some point, Ghostface did like click something on his shoulder. That that was, I thought that was to, which also was a very epic scene because the music and like stuff behind, they, they had some epic ghost face. I keep using the word epic, but like go, every time ghost face looked at the camera and he did it quite a bit, it was like a Terminator moment. Like it was mm-hmm. so cool. Yeah, I thought that was to, because they said he clones phones. Mm-hmm. I thought that was him doing that to the phone to answer. You bring up a good point about the voice. From the get-go, this voice was so annoying. I just hated it. It it really sounded like the, hello, you've reached movie phone. (laughs) Press one for scream. Press two for whatever. It just did not... It was so off-putting in not a good way. Mm -hmm. Like, not a scary way at all. Right. It definitely wasn't, yeah. Like a game show host way. That that first call when it was meant to be like a, whoops, I didn't mean to call you, my bad. Mm -hmm. That, the voice kept going in and out. And I thought it was intentional. Mm -hmm. But now, like, thinking back, I'm like, maybe they just, like, couldn't do it. I don't know. But it it, it was going, yeah, like, it was going out. first call, the caller is mentioning her mom. I met your mom in group. And I was like, this is, that's an interesting way to reference the mom like like group like an AA or an NA and that just never paid off like what does that mean about the mom and why is she in London if she's a drug addict but it also can't be AA because the whole point was that her friend was coming over to unlock the liquor cabinet the first call the killer references first before we know I mean you know as the audience but before Tara knows that she's on the phone with a murderer he says I met your mother Uh, We're good friends. So it's implied that they're dating. Mm -hmm. But the way Tara gets, she's not freaked out the entire phone call until the very end when he says her name. And that's what scares her. But like, if my mom was dating someone, he wouldn't know my name. Yeah, I know. That's not going to scare me. I'd be like, all right, I'll tell her that that you called. That too. I know. Yeah, there was a lot of inconsistencies that I don't, I I think could have been erased, that could have been Mm -hmm. avoided. But, you know, all in all, I know I'm, yeah. You didn't like it as much as I did. Oh, no way. You, not, not, like, really? You didn't? Oh, no. Like, uh-uh. Did you love it? Or you just... No. Oh, God, Wait, no. oh. No, I, I watched it as an exercise. 
because I was just, you know, interested in what this version was and I wanted to see the character. I'm really, I'm really glad I saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I want to talk to Lisa Beach about the original movie mm-hmm. and compare, I want to go back and watch that original movie. There is some appearances. So there are some actors that appear in this movie that I've actually met before and auditioned before. And I have a very strong memory of and, and, their audition. And the thing is, she doesn't stay silent about that. I'm just going to say, like, while we're watching, even the trailers, like, all of a sudden, like, someone will come on the screen and Lisa just goes, oh, huh, huh. And I'm like, okay, that was not a good experience. Like, we're, I was like, were, were they not off book or something? Like, no, no, no. It's just that, you know, a lot of casting directors, if, if they're listening to this, they know that we kind of pride ourselves in recognizing, you know, remembering actors and recognizing them and like, oh, right, they came in for me that. You know, you can't help it. And sometimes it's too, it's it's kind of a bad thing because I was watching that Kristen Bell show, The, the Girl, the in, girl the in the Window with the blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I've only, I've only watched the first episode, but there was a, there was a, there was a character in it that was very peripheral, but I recognized the actor and I'm like, this actor did not take this job to just do that little thing. You know what I mean? So it's oh, like if they're going to sure, cast you know this, this actor oh. as this, they're going to have a much bigger thing later on. So that's just something that, you know, only people who are, you know, super hyper focused on that. But, you know, sometimes audience members do pick up on that, too. You know, they're yeah. like, oh, I saw that actor. He was the lead in this series. <laughs> and now why would he right. be the mailman or whatever? But I love seeing that. I love, you know, I was just watching Murderville. Have you watched Murderville? Oh my God, I love it. I've seen the first two episodes. I Conan O'Brien, and then the second one is it's a he's a football player, right? Scott knew who he was. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't remember his name. Awesome. Yeah, he it was really so funny. funny. The first one with Conan O'Brien was amazing. But I I noticed in that one two actors that I've championed for so long, and I'm so glad to see them in this. Um, Phil Smithy um, plays the, the the one of the detectives, okay. like he's on the force, and then the um, coroner, Lily Bowden. Oh, she's. Funny. I love her too. So, and it's I. I love being able to see that because, you know, when you bring uh, actors in, you know, many, many times for producers and, you know, they don't get it for whatever reason. You're like, oh, you know, you're really rooting right. for them. Mm-hmm. And so when I see them in something, I'm like, oh, God, you know. Anyway, so that's that's about anything else you want to say about Scream? Look, I'm a huge fan of Scream. I'm a huge fan of Wes Craven. I, okay, this is, this is going to sound insane, but I once... Okay, I was interviewed by a magazine and they asked me who my favorite director was at the time. And I said, Wes Craven, Mm -hmm. I would love to work with him. The day the magazine hit stands, Wes Craven died. Oh my goodness. R.I.P. First of all, they honor Wes Craven and they honor a lot of other great like horror filmmakers and films like Carpenter. That was the last name of, of, I think, the new lead. And then they use the name Wes. Wes a ton. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they dedicate the movie to Wes. Yeah. um, It was was just epic. If you, to me, it felt, unfortunately, it felt like an, almost an ending and a beginning. Like it felt like they were ending something grand and then they were like, if it does well, maybe they'll bring it back. I would love for them to bring it back, but it has to be done the right way. It can't be like Scream 2 or, <laughs> or no, Scream 2 was okay because she goes to college, but like right. Scream 3 was not. I mean, it's really best. nothing without the 
original actors. I mean, yeah. seeing them really gives it its credibility. It gives it, it and unfortunately, gosh. some of those actors will not be able to come back. Yeah, not really a spoiler alert, but anyway. Um, well, Ashley, thank you for meeting me downtown <laughs> to go to my first movie in person in an awfully long time. Oh my gosh, I'm so honored. This was Absolutely. your first in such a long time? Absolutely. Yay. And we, we had the theater basically to ourselves. <laughs> Except for a couple teenagers in the back who every time something that was, they, they, they did a lot of like scenes, like at least like camera angle wise, like verbatim oh, to really? the original. Oh, okay. Like when they went downstairs to the basement and stuff. Mm. Well, it was the garage in the first one. But when Tatum goes to get the beer and the, the kids behind us, well, like way in the back behind yeah, us, there were like the two or three. Yeah. Every time something like that would happen, they'd be like, oh, see, that's just like the original. Do you remember that? But I kind of liked that. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. It's a great movie, you guys. I definitely okay. recommend seeing it. I really It's do. an A plus for Ashley. A it's, plus it's a plus qualified for me. For me, <laughs> um, like if you like this, but you like the acting. At least that I love you, the acting. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I love the acting. There's just such you know, Jasmine Savoy Brown, mm-hmm. and just so is the casting is is wonderful. And it's tough because they're casting again high schoolers, right? These are all high schoolers. I will and, say this: in real life, they are not teenagers, right? Those and that's actors the only are thing that you know, I. I've struggled with this when casting teenagers too. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you're going to cast one 24-year-old as a teenager, you kind of have to cast everybody that mm-hmm. age. And I think it was a little uneven because I think Dylan Minnette is quite a bit younger than everybody. I don't know. Mm. I have to go look. He, look, he looked it, but not in a bad way. But I will say, like, the twins. First of all, everyone in this movie is good looking. So <laughs> it's it's just insane. Right. It's a, it's a but like, delight. <laughs> some of them are are like... Which I'm fine with because, like, I, I'm never going to be cast. I'm an actress. I'm never going to be cast as a teenager again, I doubt. But, like, I kind of, like, root for it when, like, a 20-something or, or like, like on Euphoria, there's yeah. a 31-year-old playing a teenager. And, like, yeah. I'm all for it because I'm like, you know what? That, it's weird, but at the same time, it's like, you know, it gives me hope. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, you know, Jasmine Savoy Brown is also playing a teenager on Yellow Jackets. So she still, you know, has that vibe. But if, you know, when they're, when you really do cast a real 16-year-old or you kind of have to surround them with, with the same. I mean, otherwise it's, it's, it can be kind of janky and jarring. But anyway, so thank you again for coming with me. And we apologize for the audio. You know, we're literally, we wanted to get our hot takes, mm-hmm. our fresh hot takes. We couldn't not talk about we it. We couldn't not talk good. about it. We didn't want to wait to get somewhere where I could record it properly. So anyway, thank you. This is Killer Casting. See you next time. Signing off.